This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. It's Amber and Jenna here. Hi, guys. Were you expecting someone else? Well, too bad if you were, because you got us. <laughs> we're so happy that you're joining us today. We really get a kick out of exploring a deeper relationship to ourselves and life and hopefully learning a thing or two in these conversations and taking another step up towards consciousness, oneness, love One and light. One step at a time. <laughs> today, we have a fascinating and exciting topic epic Q&A installment two. That means we already have installment one mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. which is further, it's, it's in the earlier side of our podcast releases. So mm-hmm. check that out. It's pretty insane. That was really early on in yeah, our was, release of MLF. I think it was like number two podcast. Or it was definitely maybe within the first 10. That's right. So don't judge us on <laughs> our podcasting <laughs> skills at that point. Exactly. We were very green. So excuse us if it was a bit jarring. I remember you being on point and blowing me away as always just channeling incredible universal intelligence and that's all I think about is like the answers to epic questions it's literally all I think about so that's why I'm always ready to go that's why you're the oracle because you know everything I mean I can't claim yes to that well you're channeling spirit and spirit knows everything that's true spirit does Okay, so before we get into it, let's discuss any MLF news going yeah, on. Yeah, any MLF news? Well, the only thing I can think of is that we did a little um, rehash of our website and we have a reviews page now, which we've plonked, we've moved all the reviews from iTunes onto our review page and they are so sweet and loving and supportive and positive and fuels our mission and our hearts. So thank you so much for um, letting us know how much you appreciate us. Should we read a review? Sure. Do you have a review? Yeah, I do have yeah. a review. Yeah, let's, let's read one. Okay, let's read one. Perfect. Um, so this one says, my new favorite. I'm a mama and a big thinker just like these women, and I am so appreciative of all I learned from them. Thank you for going there with these conversations. I love hearing about the multiverse and all the neat, deep knowings that you share. Keep it coming. And that, that one from? is from Lens Herb Farm. And I just got to say, Lens Herb Farm, thank you so much. And we are going to keep it coming, especially this episode, because this episode <laughs> Hold on to your seats. is all about the those conversations and the multiverse and the big questions and the big answers. So thank you. Yeah, thank so much. you for reaching out and letting us know this is impacting you in a positive way. That's why we do it. We're reaching back out to you to say... Thank you for writing that. <laughs> and if you want to be featured on our website, you know what to do. Or our podcast. That's we're, right. we're going to read them sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Of course we are. We should be reading them every, acknowledging people who are part of That's this true. movement every episode. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Okay. So should we get into our definition? Sure. Um, so this is my definition for epic Q&A. For most of human history, certain questions have simply gone unanswered. However, through connecting with our spirit guides and the Akashic records, and through following the path toward ascended consciousness, many answers arise. There are, here are our take on some of the answers to some of the most epic unanswered questions of human history. (laughs) 
Jenna's got stardust and sparkles going off all around her right now. This is like my totally my cup of tea. This is why yeah. I was a philosophy major. This is why I've ever been motivated to do anything, it's basically. So it's like this is what I'm interested in. Okay, so let's start off with clarity on the Akashic Records when yeah. you because you referred to them in the definition. Yeah. So tell us about the Akashic Records. Okay, so the Akashic Records, I'm going to refer to it as a place, even though it's not a place like... A building with an address. It's a place in the multiverse. It's a pl- it's, right. Sure. It's a it's it is. It's a place in the multiverse that you can access. And let me try to explain it. So here we are in three D consciousness. Like we have the perception of time and space. Now outside of third dimensional consciousness, there is no time and space. And so. Things are happening in time. So we have a past, a present, and a future from the third dimensional perspective. But there is a place outside of time where all things in the future, past, and present have all happened at the same time, basically, because it's not depending on, it's not linear time in this from this perspective. So from that perspective, you can see all that has ever happened, all that is happening, and all that will happen. But the future is being defined um, as we go. So it's, the future is a little bit iffy because it's being defined as we go. But um, there is a place outside of time and that place where you can see all that. And it, it comes to us like a library. I've always seen it as a library kind of building. I mean, I can describe very clearly like the building that I see when I get to the Akashic Records. And basically you can train your mind. Like when we are in a dream state, we are outside of third dimensional consciousness. So if you can train your mind to exit third dimensional consciousness in meditation. That's lucid dreaming, right? Sure. Or meditation. That's true. Um, you can actually access this library. Um, I have a meditation that can take you there. I don't know if I should tell it to you right now, but... Um, Why don't we do that at the end of the segment if we have time? Okay, yeah, if we have time. Um, but I know I get there through this very specific meditation. When I arrive at the Akashic Record Hall, it looks like... Oh, to me, it looks like a library. I want to say like the library of ancient Alexandria almost. It's like this ancient library and you enter in and there's a huge flame burning and there's all these hallways and every hallway is there's like infinite hallways and then you just basically if you want to find any kind of information out you you find through meditation the room that has that information you find the book that has information you open it up and then you should be able to find it (gasps) find the answer to whatever question you ask how do you have you visited the akashic records for for your own self yeah i I visit quite often that's how i got all my past lives Really? I went to my room in the Akashic Records and I read my book huh. and that's how I got it. Yeah. Huh. Does this exist in a particular dimension or as you said, just in this multiverse probably, outside 3D reality? There's probably multidimensional coordinates of this place. And, okay. and I've, I've actually been taken there several different times by different people. And it's like, even though I haven't been told like, oh, we're taking you to the Akashic Records. It's like when I arrive there, I'm like, oh, this is the Akashic Record Hall. Do you ever see other people bumping around in there? There's definitely at their people files? there, yeah. There's lots of presence there. There's, there's other people there, yeah. Who are also just like visiting... Yeah, I've, I've never had an interaction with any of them. But I mean, like when you go into the library, it's full. Like huh. there's a lot of people in it. Wow. Yeah. Have you heard about this place in India that, that um, has leaves and the leaves have the day you're going to die on it hmm. or no, I don't. something on it? And it's it's... I think it's based off the Akashic Records. So maybe it's connected in the way where they visit the Akashic Records <laughs> then and get then info they and get info and then write it on a leaf. No, I don't know about and that. And you that walk into this place in India and they say, um, yeah, and they say, I'm looking for my leaf. And then they've got your leaf with your name and date of birth and 
I mean, I don't know any more yeah, details, so I, I don't want to project. But could, yeah, that's very interesting. I've never heard of it, but we should I look could into see that. that. You know, the, the Akashic Records could totally make that possible. Hmm. Can you explain to me what a different dimension is? Um, I guess I could think of it as a radio frequency broadband. So it's like if you think about radio frequencies, so like say I'm tuned in to, in LA, I'm tuned into Kiss FM 102.7, right? And that's my world. I'm or or NPR. I'm tuned into 89.9 and I'm listening to NPR and that's my world. That's my reality in my car, you know? And yet there's all these other stations on all the other frequency positions that are a totally different world. You know, I could go to opera world at like 91.5 or I could go to pop music world at 102.7 or I could go to hip hop world at 10 whatever, 5.9. Those are all legit radio stations in LA, by the way. Um, But yeah, so it's like that. It's like we are collectively in a um, frequency broadband of reality in this earth. So do you think, but if I'm going to have a visualization of what a different dimension looks like, are you, uh, do they exist within our galaxy, our solar system that mm. we're in? Or it, it, can you give me a, a visualization? How do, do you think, rate? where do radio frequencies exist? It's, I, th- I think it's similar to that. I'm, it's I, like, it's, it's here, it's somewhere, but it's not physical. And a lot, see, like the third dimension is this physical density. So other stations on the dimensional frequency spectrum um, would not be physical, mm, you know? So it, it could be could maybe like a dream state, mm. you know? Oh, like the, um, the, the planes, the, you know, the astral planes. Yeah. The astral so plane is, is a, a dimensional dimension? space. I think that's the fourth dimension. The astral plane, the so lower what's fourth. So one, two, three, and four dimensions? Um, so the, the, the first and second, and this is, these are loose terms. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know if these are like legitimate terms to, to, to define it, but like uh, the, what we usually talk about is the third dimension, which is our current station of identity and dimension and, and mass um, like density. Um, second, I don't know. They're like elemental dimensions mm-hmm. that I'm not exactly sure how to describe. Mm-hmm. But then the then we're moving up and towards dimension. So like a little bit further than where we are would be like the fourth dimension, which would be like us in a dream state kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I hear people talk about the fifth dimension a lot. Right. So What's that about? So what I can tell you about the fifth dimension is that... It is in a, it's kind of where we're heading in this next consciousness shift. So if you're like, if we keep talking about a revolution of consciousness, a consciousness shift and a shift to a new paradigm, we could talk about that dimension that we're moving into as the fifth dimension. It's a little bit further past the dream state. You could say that if the dream state is like a fourth dimension, then the fifth would be like, we are living our waking dreams. And we're not necessarily on earth. And we're not necessarily, even if we're on earth, we may not be embodied or it could be a completely different consciousness experience than being embodied as a human on earth. Mm -hmm. And I think that in Atlantis and Lemuria, we were existing in the fifth dimension Hmm. before. So it's kind of a return to that. Sounds exciting. Sign me up. Oh, you're signed up. <laughs> oh, I'm on the VIP list, hopefully. <laughs> so before we get too far into it, I forgot to ask <coughs> you, where are you, are you, uh, have you researched this information? Are you insourcing? Are you channeling? Tell us where you're getting this information from. 
Um, so I have done so much research over my life into any kind of question of mystery or anything about like anything. So over the course of 20 years, I've probably collected tidbits of information and then filed them in my filing cabinet of information. So by now it's, and I don't know, I can't, I'm not sure. It's probably a conglomeration conglomeration of all of them. them. You probably research and then do a resonance test on that copy Mm -hmm. to make sure that that's true. And I take what resonates and I leave what doesn't. Okay, perfect. All right, so is God everywhere? Oh, and by the way, we did a shout out on Instagram and this is why it's really great to follow us on Instagram because I did a little shout out saying, hey guys, do an epic Q&A episode, send in any epic questions you have for the Oracle. And so these questions I'm reading are from the people who, was, who sent back their questions. So thank you for that. And I hope you're listening and you get your answer. So next question. Uh, is God everywhere? How is that possible? Yes. So my answer to that is yes, God is everywhere. God is everything. God is energy. God is like the conglomeration of all the energy of all the multiverse. And since all of the molecules of everything that makes up matter, all of the, our life force energy, if you break it down to the building blocks of everything, it's pure energy. So, and that matter that makes up the pure energy, the, you could call it the prima materia, the mm-hmm. first matter, like the matter that is the building blocks of the building blocks of everything is pure energy. And that energy is part of the body of of, of source of God. I understand it to be love as well. The vibration of love. Sure. That's how it feels when you key into that vibration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there we go. What is ascension? So ascension is what we talk about often. Your favorite topic. It's a term. It's a term that has been coined. I don't know who coined it, but it's... By the way, Jenna is running an underground ascension community army. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm... Yeah, I love all my Ascension light workers. Like, if you're fighting for Ascension on this earth, like you are my sister or brother. Like, I know that's what I'm saying deeply because, like, we are in this together. Like, I used to think it was my job because I didn't know anyone else who knew about Ascension or the revolution of consciousness, and I was always the one talking to everyone and trying to convince people. And I thought it was all up to me, and that I would get crushed, and that it wouldn't be possible. But it turns out there's so many fighting the exact same fight as I'm fighting, and I freaking love you. I love you. We are one. We need you. So tell us about Ascension. Um, so Ascension is the revolution of consciousness. It is the fact that we are moving up in consciousness collectively, and we're leaving the old um, understandings, beliefs, paradigms, world structures behind, and moving into new paradigms, new world structures, new beliefs, new understandings. Has Ascension always been the the direction we're moving in or is this a (laughs) might have to now call our podcast explicit i we have to be careful (laughs) or is this a new thing that has come with the aquarian age yeah no we've always been waiting for this since atlantis for the last this hasn't been the trajectory we've been on before no it is it's always been the trajectory okay yeah it's like always been the trajectory. So would you say it's an energetic path that is moving us up towards evolution, consciousness? You could call it like the the zeitgeist. I think there might be a term for it. Um, Yeah. It's like the energy of history that moves us forward towards evolution. Okay. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. What happens after we die? Yes. Although I am still alive, I have done so much research on this. Like recently I've actually been kind of obsessed with watching five minute YouTube videos of like mediums and people who've had near death experiences just to 
kind of get a cross-cultural like view of people who have experienced things after death. If on piggybacking on that note, if you haven't already, go to the blog section of our website where we have an article called The Art of Dying, where we interview a death midwife who talks about her experience of being with the dying and her experience of where people go after they leave their body. Super fascinating. But she didn't talk about what happens after you die, did she? Yeah, she did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so what happens after we die? So I, I to give you the short answer, I think um, you go basically to the light in the, the place of the light. Like often it's described as like light everywhere, like just a place of light, like coming from the floor, coming from the ceiling. Or everywhere. a tunnel and the light's over there sure. and the darkness is behind you. Sure. But it's, if you get past the tunnel into the light, then you are in this place of light. When you get there, you feel like this is my home. Mm-hmm. Like that whole, home. the whole dream that of that life was just a dream. This is my home. Mm-hmm. And it feels wonderful to be there. And it feels like love to be there. Oh, and you're promising. greeted by all of your friends and family who have died. So you, um, they're there. Like, it's like a freaking welcome party. party. They're like, we've been waiting for you. I mean, we, we wanted you to live your life, but we've been waiting for you. And now you're home with us forever. And um, that makes me feel so happy. Because death is such a mystery and labeled in this society as something to fear and avoid and run away from and not talk about. It's such a taboo mm. subject, but because I have you know a why? feeling that it's it's a new beginning, well, a freedom. Totally, and it's like if you you know I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, theorist in there, but if you if you're trying to say that like people are being held down on this planet and part of how is through fear and part of the biggest fear of like anyone is to die the fear of death like the having a fear of death systematically like imprinted um, into imprinted everyone's into everyone causes yeah. everyone to live with this fear a lot of people Easy who've to had oh, exactly a lot of people who've had near death experiences come back from them and when they're asked how have your has your life changed since your near death experience they will say i live without fear now because mm. i'm not scared to die that's exactly what olivia who uh, we interviewed on our blog talks about she says the more you become familiar with death and embrace it as if it's an old friend the more you live your life fully mm-hmm. in the in the waking in yes. in, in in your alive life it's yeah. it's something that we have to move through in order to live properly and then so when you are you're then I know I've heard that you experience a life review so you basically see everything that happened in your life in the form of a life review um, to understand where this life has fallen into your grander scheme of consciousness evolution for your soul. Mm, and then it's not, it doesn't end there for your soul because your soul is eternal and it's like on this path towards consciousness. So you might get reincarnated again. You might get have gotten hooked into the reincarnation cycle on earth. So you might end up getting reincarnated again on earth. So you might get reincarnated somewhere else. You might, because it's like your soul is this life force. Like a life force is not going to stop living. Totally. So it, it just kind of changes manifestation. Yeah, or dimension or, you know. So, okay, a couple of questions in there. Um, do you think that when someone gets a life review, if mm-hmm. you've been a dirt bag, mm-hmm. then that will affect your karmic um, journey? Yes. You'll come back as a cockroach? Not that. It's like your higher self wants it to affect your karmic journey. You're, you want to learn. You, you see in your life review, you're like, oh, I was a D-I-C-K and like I really need to get taught my come lesson. Back and like get maybe my next time again. I should be come back. Like if you you're a KKK member and like you spent your life like hating on black people just for being black, and you see that in your life review with your angels, and they're like, 
shame on you. You know, you weren't shown by love by your parents. So then you ended up having hate in your heart. And then you ended up projecting that hate on black people for no reason. Shame on you. And then you and your higher self could, ex- could your higher self and your angels could decide together that you come back as a black person next yeah, time to get that compassion. But it's not about like, and I don't know, I don't think you come back as a cockroach. I kind of think you always move forward in consciousness. I don't think you could like go back to a lower level of consciousness. I think mm, so once you've reached the human state, you yeah, just keep I don't think repeating an animal after that. Karma until you I don't think. Okay. And so on on the note of karma, you were saying how karma doesn't apply just to the earth. It applies to the cosmos, different planets. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. We're just one of like an infinite of possibilities of where a soul could live and go and experience in the multiverse. Well, let's talk about that then. (laughs) What is the multiverse? And I mean, I know the answer to this question, but does other life exist? (coughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> Jenna's got a smirk on her face like I've been waiting for you to ask me this question no, so if like uh, if the universe uni meaning one um, it'd be like our dimensional universe so as far as the third dimension goes in every direction is the universe um, but the multiverse you could use as a term that would mean all dimensions so we're a microcosm of the macrocosm which is the, the multiverse well, the multiverse would just be like, let's say there's this dimension, there's another dimension, there's the Akashic Records dimension, there's a fourth dimension, there's like all these dimensions, you know? And so it's like, po- and, and it's all would, would that be like pockets of space? Sure. Po- pockets it has its of own consciousness rules. with its, its own, own rules. Okay. Within all the energy that exists within all okay. the multiverse. Okay. Yeah. So all of that is the multiverse. All of God is basically the same as the multiverse. Do you think that there's another earth with the same environmental factors, the same human experience, or do you think that we are oh, it in the God. whole... God, I hope not I know, for I their sake. for this question. No, Sorry. it's fine. I don't need to be prepared, but like, I, I hope... I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's another Earth. I think there's probably a lot of other Earth-like planets um, with a similar, like... Similar composition, compositions, like environment, whatever, but I don't think there is another Earth with our unique history. I think that we're unique, just like a person is unique, you know, an energy signature is unique. So I think the earth's energy signature is unique. Mm -hmm. So nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Are we born the way we are or do we evolve into the people we become? So I think you're born with a certain um, range of possibilities that is defined by your genetics So, and then that is your nature. And then within that range of possibilities for for you, there is nurture and that determines where you fall within your own range of possibilities. So both. Yeah. And it depends what you feed more that will grow. Yeah. Okay. Will our baby's generation heal the earth? Please God say yes. I know. Please, God, say yes. Do you um, think it'll be in this generation, like I, our kids' generation? Yeah, I think it can really? be within oh, one generation. I hope so. Fuck, I hope so too, or else we're all going to die. <laughs> that's the mission here at MLF. That is the that core is why, mission. That's why we're here. It's like we yeah. really actually think it needs to be our kids' generation or we're all going to die. No, it's true. It's but true. The, the earth, yeah. we're on a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. with the environmental factors on the earth. Global warming, everything heating up. We're headed for another catastrophe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, just to answer that question really quick, I'll just say that like, um, I, I think we are headed either A for catastrophe or B 
towards consciousness revolution. And let's, let's say we go towards consciousness revolution. Ascension, this whole consciousness revolution thing has been uh, building for 26,000 years. A lot, all the off-planet spirits, angels, like disincarnated light workers, they all know this is happening on earth right now. A lot of kids being born right now are coming in specifically mm-hmm. as a ground team indigo to, children. to make this happen. Right? So, yeah. Well, star seeds and, and indigos and crystal children, there's lots Pleiadians. of different terms for it. Yeah. Um, but all those people are coming specifically for this. And since they know the timing of it, and since they're coming now, like I could say, yes, our children's generation will be the ones. One can only hope. My fingers are crossed. So let's talk about, because you mentioned the other uh, known established uh, light beings out there, uh, indigo children, Pleiadians, Stasi type of people. I know that the Pleiades are a... Um, are a, st- a star constellation. We're looking at them right now. We've got a poster behind Jenna on the wall. Can right. you see them? I think they're up on the right, maybe. I don't know. A Valentine's from there. I should know this. <laughs> but <laughs> there's serious. No, okay. So, all right. You talk. I'm going to look for them. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of star constellations that they no, may I've not find it. But what I know about the Pleiades is that it's a legitimate star constellation up there in the universe. Seven with, sisters. In, in our Seven galaxy. stars. That's right. And they shine a little bluer and brighter than the stars around them. Which bluer. Is, that's right. Bluer and brighter. And what I have been told about the Pleiades is that it is a high vibrational um, consciousness that lives on the Pleiades. And I would assume this does not look like human form. This yeah, it looks, does. Do you, you think the Pleiades are human form? Yes, because the human... Okay, what I, I think so. But I think that's I why was, we have human form. I, I would assume that a higher vibrational consciousness wouldn't need a human form to exist and express itself. I know. I, I've thought the same thing, but like this is how it was once explained to me. And since it did, it got explained to me. I kind of, it did resonate and I've kind of like feel. But like don't this you think that people would have found the Pleiades and gone on there and explored and found? It's the other way around. <coughs> we are connected to the Pleiades. It's the other in- way around. It's the Lyrans. Okay. This is what I heard. Okay. About the star seeds and everything about the <coughs> human star seeds around the galaxies, which is that um, the Lyran star system. So Lyra was the first humanoid type of being. And basically a reptilian race came and there was a war between the reptilian race and the Lyrans in that star system. So the Lyrans had very high technology and they left that star system. They went out into like um, a diaspora, which is like, which means that like when they kind of spread out around the galaxies. So some went to the Pleiades, some came here to earth and established our earth society. So like we are actually in Lyran form. Human form is actually Lyran form. And like the Pleiadians also would have been rooted in that. So the human form can, might exist in multiple places in mm-hmm. our Interesting universe. Interesting theory. I don't know if that's true, but that's a theory that I've heard. And because every theory I've heard has said that the Pleiadians are humanoid. Mm. Really? Oh, okay. Well, how do you, ex- how do you imagine a Pleiadian? Books. I just imagine them as this um, kind of like 
the universal love light energy wafting through the universe that we're manifested from in my perspective i so see them as blue electric so you don't um, see them energy. in form i don't see them in form because they are definitely kind of like in form and out of form so like maybe they're like we're saying living in the fifth dimension you can project your energy form mm-hmm. in other places and other like manifestation what i do know is that there are people have written a lot of books on the pleiades on the pleiadians and got downloads and messages and channeled them and we seem to have some strange connection to them. Um, yeah, because what if they are? We are made in their form, you know. That's true, but I've Who also heard. I've also heard that the fate of Earth will directly affect the Pleiades and have a ripple effect throughout the galaxy. So it is in their interest, as you said, to come down into human form and fight for that revolution of consciousness to protect their own future and the future of the galaxy. That's just what I heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Karen's like, okay. Yeah. Um, what is out there and does time wrap around itself? You kind of went into that in the what is non-linear. Out That's a very large question. <laughs> we kind of went into that. Every possibility is out there. Whether time wraps around itself, time is a function of the third dimension. So now we're talking about like physics. According to people like Einstein, time r- wrapped, it was like a piece of paper. It's a dimension, like a dimension, like a piece of paper that can wrap around itself. And that's what wormholes are, are places where it kind of wraps around so mm-hmm. that you could get from here to here, like in just this one little wormhole versus mm. having to travel the whole way. Um, whether that's true that or not. That would be really helpful in LA traffic. Yeah, that would Gotta set us some wormholes. <laughs> um, yeah, I am not sure about that. I think definitely possible. What is a parallel universe? Is it different to the concept of dimensions? No, I would say it's the same. Uh-huh. So like another dimensional space that's living, that's existing alongside our own, but we have no access to perceiving. So do you think that there could be another you in another parallel that universe? That doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, that sounds like a Hollywood that, thing. That does, doesn't right. Like I think there's other dimensional spaces, but I don't think like I'm necessarily in there as myself doing something else. <laughs> That'd be like, funny. Another Amber and Jenna right now podcasting in a yellow room. Yeah, I, I don't, that doesn't resonate. Like yeah. that doesn't feel true to me. Okay. So <laughs> it'd be kind of funny though. I'd love to peek in I wonder if their podcast is better than ours. <laughs> <laughs> so competitive, Jenna, with yourself. I'm actually not. I'm only competitive with myself exactly that's what i'm saying (laughs) okay so how can we live our dharma and what is dharma for those who don't know as i understand it dharma is like the way the path for you um like everyone has their own dharma so for example maybe your dharma is to contribute to the revolution of consciousness okay so like your mission yes your life mission that you're born with sure um sure yeah that that's like you were saying like um how can we live our dharma yeah. is the question. Okay, well, how we can Follow live our dharma is to, 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 to basically embody your higher self. Embody love. Embody the higher aspects of yourself intentionally. Because if, if you want to live your dharma, the only way to live your dharma and your true path and connected to like spirit and all things that are true is to fully embody your higher self. Mm-hmm. So let that be your practice. Yep, kudos to that. I agree. How many past lives will it take for us to heal our karma? I mean, you can't put a number on can't it. Can't put a number on it. It could be one. It could be infinite. It could be, you could never learn. Will the Akashic Records have the answer to that? Sure. So the Akashic Records, I could look at my past lives. You could definitely look up your past lives. Can I've I look never, at my future I've never in this life? tried to look at my future or my future lives. Maybe you should try that. Tell us what happens 
Or maybe you should go do a meditation. I will. I'll try it. And I'm interested to see what happens. But the answer that I'm getting from my gut as I'm saying it is that um, the future is not decided. But that would go against the definition of the Akashic Records, where all of time is already written and it's all in there. So uh, let me explore that. I'll get back to you. What is the predominant reason why people visit the Akashic Records? To get information. That's the only reason. Information on their existence, or past lives, this life. Anything. Oh, just like how the universe works, like fundamental universe mysteries. Yeah. I mean, you could even go so far as to say that probably most prophets and oracles are actually just like very connected to the Akashic Records and are just reading it You're out totally of totally a librarian at the I Akashic I am totally library. a librarian yeah, at the Akashic Records. Exact. You and Maja. Me and Maja. Maybe that's like totally where we met before. <laughs> you know, that makes sense to me. So what shifts will be the most transformational in the new paradigm? Um, what shifts? Mm. Just everyone's heart being on fire, like everyone realizing that... If, Oneness. Yeah. I, I, I mean, can, can I chat? Yeah, please. I don't, I don't know the answer. <laughs> so maybe that's I mean, universe giving you the answer. <laughs> Just getting a hit um, that... I feel as though the new paradigm looks like a realization and a knowing and a dedication to our connection to the earth, that the earth is breathing, living, and a part of us, an extension of us. Therefore, we move into harmony and protection with the earth's intelligence. So I would say that would be looking like nourishing, nurturing our environment and our earth, living off plants, um, cleaning up the water systems, completely reversing global warming and all of the pollution destruction that we're hitting our mother with, our our own, you know, the yeah. veins of the earth as they get polluted. I feel like we take on that pain body of the earth as well. And it's, it's expressed through an accelerating rate of disease. As we pollute and destroy and harm the earth, I feel as though we're we're expressing that through the human condition, absolutely becoming more polluted and oh. struggling with with our health and oh, vitality. That's beautifully said. So I don't know. Just channel the that. angels How must have given you those words because that was really well said. <laughs> what are you saying? You well said. <laughs> Bit of a brain fog. I I blame the parasites for my brain fog. And motherhood. just ask the angels to come and just like bring the violet flame to go. I just did it for you. Beautiful. I was about to say, just do it for me, Jenna. Okay. Maybe that's a good segue onto the next question, which is, can I heal myself? Oh, yeah. That was a good segue. Thanks, angels. Our favorite question. Um, Once again, major, major mission of MLF is to spread the The awareness that, yes, yes. You can. You can heal yourself. <laughs> Do I have an echo? Is there an echo here? Echo. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, the only thing that you maybe cannot heal yourself from is a traumatic injury. Um, but in terms of any chronic condition, any reoccurring or chronic symptom, yes. Um, we just recorded an episode called Decoding Your Body's Dialogue. And um, in that, we really break it down as to... Uh, how we can heal ourselves by listening to our body's dialogue and our intuition. But yes. And another thing I'm going to say about that is, is food. I feel like food is, is medicine or poison. It's medicine up. or poison. And if you go to like Ralph's, which is just a normal supermarket here in LA, I don't think there are other places necessarily, but just like a typical supermarket in America, it's like, and you know Danger that zone. food is e- either poison or medicine and you're looking at ingredients. It's like 
everything that the typical American eats is poison. Why do you think that is? Do you think that I think that's there's intentional? A con- yes, I think it's intentional to hold us down and to like make us easy to control and to make stop us sick our consciousness so we can evolution. feed the pharmaceutical industry. Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, I think healing ourselves, I think a lot of people, if they're showing, if you're showing any chronic condition, the thing, first thing you need to look at is your food. And, is, and as we discuss, mental, emotional, and, and spiritual second, state of being. Mental, emotional, Because they're all connected. Yeah. So there's two episodes that you could listen to if you're interested about that. One is our, an early episode called Food Medicine, Food is Medicine, mm-hmm. or Food Medicine. Food Medicine, yeah. And then another one, and we'll link these. Um, another one is our recent episode called Decoding Your Body's Dialogue. Dialogue, yeah. Great question. I, I so believe in our body's intelligence and capability to heal ourselves of anything, anything. Mm -hmm. We're designed, you just give your body half a chance and its go-to is to heal itself and find Mm -hmm. homeostasis and balance. That's what it's designed to do. So just trust that and give it a chance to do it. We're just, we create all the issues in our own life. Yeah. And a lot of times I've gone to doctors with issues that would have solved themselves, but the doctors intervened and then caused more of a problem. They're operating on an old archaic system a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of doctors I've seen just do not acknowledge that there is more to our health than the physical constitution. They don't even believe in the emotional um, Factor uh, effect that, yeah. on our physical bodies. It's 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 really insane. wow. Okay, so back to karma. Do we get punished in a, in a karmic way for an abortion? Is it a spiritual setback? This is a really good question. <clears throat> an abortion, huh? Yeah. I think it totally depends. It completely depends on the situation. You on know, that unique spirit. On. More so than the spirit that is the baby, but more so the intention of the mother. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, if a mother gets raped and then has is pregnant and then knows that she could not be a good mother to that child and then seeks an abortion. Like I don't think that's bad. I think that that there's totally a karmic there that's totally justified. And even even if if a mother doesn't think that she could be the best mother to a child and it's, it's out of almost like love for a future child and knowing that she can't do that well. Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, can I, can I, I'm getting a hit. Yeah. I'm not getting any hits. So okay, I'm getting hit. Oh boy. <laughs> Feeling in my bones. I have this philosophy that really freed me up for taking responsibility for other people. And it, it was in the form of the message that Every single individual, human or spirit form, has their own karmic journey, has their own lessons to learn and own karma to fulfill. And it is not your responsibility to rob them of their karma or make decisions on their behalf. So in the circumstance where someone's gotten an abortion, if you trust that that spirit that has come to you is is living out their karma and there's nothing that you can do to disrupt their karma. Like it, your karmas are obviously intertwined, but you live out your karma and they are living out their karma in that moment. It alleviates that sense of just taking on the responsibility for that spirit's karma. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. I do. So, so it's like if, if I'm in a room and I can feel, we're at a group dinner and I can feel that someone's feeling really out of place and awkward and whatever it may be, instead of me coming over and trying to soothe that and include them and da 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 da, 
at the expense of just being in the moment and living my life, I'm actually allowing them space to move through what they need to move through. And so what in the abortion example, who's the give, being given the space to move through what they had to move through? You and your you and the spirit that has come to you, you are both fulfilling your karmic journeys. Mm-hmm. And you, they they've been intertwined, but I feel like there is no decisions you can make that isn't yeah, it's like moral, right it's that. morally neutral, basically. Yeah, and it, and it's also like, for example, like maybe once again, in, a, in, a, in an example, could be that a mother had lived in her past life as somebody who is extremely anti-abortion and used to like really judge people for having an abortion, and they did not have compassion for people who may be needed an abortion for certain reasons. That was right for them. So now in this life, you've been giving uh, given a chance of for compassion, in which you've been put in a situation where the right option for you is to have an abortion, and so that. That gives you compassion. And maybe that spirit for some reason, yeah, it like, was their part of their coming totally. path to come and then not be, maybe they weren't ready yet. Not bad yet. for a spirit. I'm telling you, like you get, you're a spirit, you get impregnated, you get in a baby, you're in a mom's belly for like a few weeks. You're not even in there yet. You're still floating in the ethers. Mm -hmm. Maybe like you don't want to come into that body. Maybe it's your choice that the mom has an abortion because you don't want to come into that and you inspire her to. That's what, yeah. Do do you know what I mean? Everyone's got their own path and and, own agenda going on and you just got to trust that. To me, it's just, it's morally neutral. I I totally see like um, the... How respect for life is—I was about to say—good. There is no joke in the fact that life is the most precious thing yes, in that the cosmos. Is the high that law is the truth. highest law, exactly. Yeah. So it's no joke, and I think that we should take that responsibility of being able to create create life very seriously and honor that. Um, but if you do find yourself in a situation where you know you you can't carry a baby, then maybe this is a good philosophy to entertain and see if it resonates with you. And also to think that a baby, that living on earth is like a good thing is not necessarily true. It's like if a mom is pregnant with a baby that she would rather have an abortion than have the baby, the baby's not necessarily going to have an easy life on earth. Like it might be traumatized on earth. It, there's horrible things that happen on this planet, you know? So it's... it's I'm sure it's way more fun in the Pleiades. It's way more fun in, in the ethers and they're home there. Like that's the place of home. This is like an, a painful illusion. Mm-hmm. So they if they don't want to be brought into the painful illusion, then it's fine. What's an astral plane? Because people talk about how they were lucid dreaming and found themselves on the astral plane and Hitler passed them and they were (laughs) scared that Hitler was looking to be reincarnated because of the spiritual warfare going on and the extremity of it right now. Who told you that? What's a friend of yours tell you that? I have an idea of which friend. (laughs) Basically, uh, is the astral plane... A, um, a place that we can access and yeah. almost like a dimension close yeah. to earth. Yeah. Yes. Okay. To all those questions. So my, my answer to that is the astral plane is maybe the, can be likened to where we go when we dream. So it's a dimensional space that's not this reality because when you're dreaming, like you dream of crazy stuff that's not happening in this reality. Mm-hmm. So you're in an alternate dimensional space you're not in awake in this reality at that time so would that be astro traveling that's that you could say that dreaming astral traveling and just the astral plane are all the same and it's a dimension that's not the third dimension but it's close to the third dimension it's close enough that we can access it even consciously through lucid dreaming in the third dimension embodied Mm -hmm. so it's i mean i've heard it be called the lower fourth Hmm. i would love to interview someone on Astro traveling. Yeah. I think that's 
fascinating. Who does that? Dream time, astro traveling, lucid dreaming. I want to know someone who's not a mom because then you're just too tired and you just pass out. (laughs) Okay, so what is the rise of the divine feminine? Um, so for the last 26,000 years since the fall of Atlantis and the black magicians and their, their mass, uh, what, what, what am I even trying to say? Misogyny of like the black magicians. Um, we have been living in an era of patriarchal domination. And what that means is all the kings are male, all the heads of religious religions are male. Basically the people who get to make the rules in our society for the last bit of history have all been male. And um, that we call that patriarchal domination. Now it's all about the balance of the sexes. It's like the yin and the yang. It's like the woman is really just as important as the man. And that's been denied for like the all of history, the intelligence of the woman, the heart-based intuitive intelligence of the woman has been denied throughout the last 26,000 years of our history. And um, the return of the divine feminine is us remembering that the female intelligence and the female is just as important in a leadership position as the male and to correct all the institutions and everything that's been set up just by men, to correct all that, to be equal in intelligence of women and men, Mm -hmm. including spirituality and religion. Okay. So cracking down of the old paradigm in order for this new world to rise up in equality, Mm -hmm. oneness. Mm-hmm. And equality to me does not mean like women have to do what men do because women and men are so different. And like in the 1900s, like last century with all feminism, it's like, let women do what men do. Like let women be men basically. Mm-hmm. And that's such it's a fail. It's, it's, it's also going to, we're going to fail. Women trying to be men are going to fail. Men trying to be women are going to fail. You know, it's like, let's embrace our our skill sets, our <laughs> skill sets, and our equal and opposite skill sets, so that mm-hmm. we come together to make Divine a perfect union. match. Yeah. Here, here. Heck yes! If you haven't already listened to our episode on the future is female, really powerful episode, all about the rising of the divine feminine. Really, we tie in the Me Too movement and all that stuff, but it's all it's all about rising the divine fem. Join that wave. All right. I think this is one of our last questions. What is the NWO? I'm asking that really authentically oh, because the, I don't even know the NWO. The NWO, yeah, the New World Order. Oh, isn't that a song? It's or a band. It's a band, a no. uh, '90s band, New World Order. No, yes, it is, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, carry on. Uh, <clears throat> so the New World Order is. Um, a bit of a conspiracy theory, but I'll just break it down just real quick, which is that um, we you've heard us talk about how there could be people in positions of power who are trying to hold down 99% of people so they maintain their power and money. Um, so the, the New World Order is... Um, those people that see that basically the bad guys who currently are in control of the world, they see that the, that the current state of the planet is unsustainable. There's too many people. We're doing too many things that are going to kill resources. off the, the planet. There's not enough resources. So they want to set up a new world order where right now they're kind of secretive about um, the fact that they're really in control behind the scenes. But oh, the, is this getting to the Mars colony? Is this where this is going? Um, well, we're not going to take it all the way to Mars, but <laughs> yeah, there, that is involved. Um, but basically just the New World Order agenda is that, that they want... The big boys club are trying are to find trying, ways to keep the power. And also like extinguish maybe a huge percentage of the people on the earth. Pesticides? Yeah. Disease control? Yep. 
through vaccinations, through um, and uh, um, what do you call GMO food, mm-hmm. and uh, by controlling the food, the water, by spreading disease through vaccination and through um, chemtrails, chemtrails mm-hmm. basically cutting down because they know it's not sustainable with this many people, and they can't control this many people. So they want to take down the population of the world um, to a pl- and then come out as like the controllers, and then have set up a new society where they're kind of like the global controllers, and it's not there's less people, but they're con- in control of them, and that's the new world order. Do you remember the headlines around vaccinations in Africa that they were yeah. handing out pretending that they were to protect the people against Ebola mm-hmm. or something and within the vaccinations was the virus? Or so, uh, Don't quote me on that, but there was something in the vaccinations that were killing people off. I've also heard that in vaccinations that people have become sterile. Uh-huh. Like oh, yes, that's what villages. it was. That's, sorry, that's yeah. what it was. Because that would do it, you know. That's what like, it was. you're going to sterilize entire villages in Africa. That would take care of some of the population. You know what I mean? So this is that's the new world order agenda. Um, Denver International Airport's involved. Google that if you're interested. Oh, tell me more. You can't just drop that bomb and then leave it. Come on. Okay, uh oh. Um, <laughs> like, do I go there or do I leave it for our conspiracies episode? Yeah, that's, that's a freaking good one. Denver International, man. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> well, that that's a that's a little hook. But I'll just that's tell you this one thing that if you go to the the new Denver International Airport, which it looks like a swastika from above. What's a swastika? A swastika is the Nazi symbol. Ah, oh, jeez. And um, if you go and there's a lot of murals in painted murals in the Denver airport, which you can Google, which are of children die, like basically uh, child sacrifice people with guns and like ghost masks coming in and killing children and stuff. Gosh, seriously, it's on the walls of the airport. And then the weirdest thing is that there is a plaque in the middle of the Denver international airport that says this airport is is opened, was opened or like dedicated by the new world order (gasps) commissioner. Now, if you Google new world order commissioner, that doesn't exist. So why do they have a plaque that says that? And also like supposedly underground, there's huge like, um, underground facilities underneath the airport. We don't know what happens down there by the dark side. Um, Denver, Denver International. And what's weird is they had an original airport called Stapleton, I believe, Stapleton International Airport that Denver used, which was closer to the city of Denver and a bigger airport. And they chose to spend millions of dollars to close that airport, move it further out of town, make it look like a swastika when you're looking at it from the sky, and then have all this weird stuff in there. Very and strange. there's a huge blue horse with red, glowing red eyes that, that when you drive up to the airport, it's a statue, it's a huge blue horse with glowing red eyes. Eyes, and it actually fell upon the artist who created it and killed him. <gasps> that's creepy. And that's just only part of the beginning of the of the, of the Denver International Airport thing. Do you think they're trying to subconsciously rewire us to, I don't know, expect some type of takeover from the dark side? I oh. don't know why they're doing that. Is there some yeah. subliminal no, I mean, a lot of people brainwashing would say that, or something? I mean, people would say that underground, the inter- Denver International, is there's basically like gas chambers where Jeez, they're going to fly people, you know, because the New World Order agenda is to kill a whole lot of people. So they think that they're going to take them international, Denver International underground, get rid of them. And they want to kill a lot of people to keep the resources for themselves? And is to keep their power on? tight. Resources? Okay. Because, yeah. 
Well, no better time than the present to join the fight on the good team. The mother-loving future. Guys, seriously. Oh, God. We need the mother-loving future. This is part of the reason why we are working our asses off to create a community of light workers that are fighting for the good fight because I'm telling you what, there is spiritual warfare going on in the cosmos and it's been manifested, it's being like played out on earth in the human form and you want to be on our team. You want to be fighting for the light because as we grow... The, the darkness is growing too, and we're getting to no, a head. No, we're we're gonna we're taking. I them hope out. we're I feel outgrowing like them. I think that they it's don't stand becoming, a chance. Yeah, let's leave it on the note of the dark side doesn't stand a chance because ascension, this cycle of ascension and evolution that's happening, the Earth is participating in. We have been waiting for twenty six thousand years for this time, and this is the time where the the yoke of darkness is going to be thrown off. So those that are participating on the dark side right now, they're going to fall. I and hope so. And what each and every person can do listening to this is start with yourself. Start with the internal inquiry. Start peeling back the layers so the veil gets lifted and you can represent the light, the love, be the change. I know that's so corny to say be the change, but it's really true. That's the only way. <laughs> Get a way. tattooed on your face right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's the only way to really contribute to the new world. Not the new world order. Not the new world order. Because <laughs> we do not want to be contributing to that. So it, it's up to us. We can do it. Yes. And it's not hopeless. Do not give in to fear. That's what they want. The that truth is, is they that they should be scared because their paradigm is ending. And mm-hmm. we should be glorious because our paradigm is beginning. And every day you go within and you sort out your own internal compass mm-hmm. with following your intuition and healing, healing, healing all of the inherited crap from our parents' generation, etc., going all the way back, that is being a warrior for love and light. Mm-hmm. And really changing the world, changing. Because you're changing your the, the future generation, yeah. the people who are inheriting the earth. You're saving the mother-loving future, guys. It's true. It's true. Whew. Well, that was, that was amazing. That, that was, was amazing. Blew my mind. You're so incredible. <laughs> it's so incredible, Jenna. I mean, Thank you. gosh, you definitely have a photographic memory, right? Um, I don't, I don't have a photographic memory. Like I, I've, looked, your memory's like I've looked at this page once and I wouldn't be able to tell you every single question that's on of course, there. But it's pretty on fire. I have a good way. filing system. <laughs> it's another way to say it. Okay. So let's wrap up with an invitation for our listeners. Have you got one, Jenna? Yeah, I do. So my invitation to you guys is to think, at, you could just do one or multiple quest, one question that you don't know the answer to and you've always been curious and you you might think there isn't an answer like what happens after we die but you know what there is an answer and those who seek shall find and if, and so my challenge to you is to go with a question that you've always wondered but you don't know the answer to but your soul like really wonders and then to seek for the answer let us let know. us know what you find <gasps> we are fascinated with this stuff we live for this stuff live if you for can it. do your homework and report back to us we will give you 3 a pluses three 5 a gold pluses. stars we'll give you 3 a pluses and 5 gold stars and we're obviously going to feature it on our reviews page on our website yes you'll be famous <laughs> no but honestly let us know that's i, I want to know And on that note, thank you so much for being with us. As we said before, we cannot do this without you. You are part of the mission. You're an integral part of the MLF team. 
and please leave us a review because every time we get a review, we feel that all the love and the work we're putting out, we feel that coming back to us and it makes it all worth it. And share, share, share. Sharing is caring. So share this episode, help us spread the mission. We love you so much and we will have you with us next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.